0: Don't to we gotta call my team back at old not Hole. it's sonic and the freedom fighters sally the princess one of a kind bunny always there to get you out of a bind Rola, the genius looking through the archives it's tails flying fast got dreams sky high one's a jerk it's sonic and the freedom fighters Hey guys, welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. We're on our 5th episode and boy do I have some great things to share with you. But first, let's introduce our very special guest, coming all the way from the broskies Lime Jinjo and Dylan. What's happening, boys? Yo, I'm Matthew, Lime Jinjo. I'm
1: the other one, Dylan. Yeah, I'm here. The other one. Fuck man. Don't sell yourself so short.
2: We're guests on a, this isn't our show, Dylan. We're guests on this show. You you have to act like you're confident in yourself
1: a little bit, man. Christ. I'm the superior one, I mean, yeah. Okay, actually. man.
0: Ooh. Man. Ooh. Well you wanted more
1: confidence, man. Don't what, get what me started about? on
2: this fuck shit, man. We're here to talk about Sonic comics.
0: Exactly. We gotta get in the mood. So we'll start off. On Sonic the Hedgehog number 40, brought to us by Mike Gallagher writing, Dave Manak doing the art. Right off the heels of the last episode, if you remember, Sonic just got de-roboticized and immediately accused of treason. Very big bruh moment, if I do say so myself. So, Sonic, we see him in jail, and Antoine acting as the prison guard, just mocking him. And really just kicking the guy while he's down. Not hearing any of Sonic's pleas about how, like, dude... You don't understand. It, 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 this is a misunderstanding. Like, it's not what you think, man. Antoine being the fuckboy that he is, you're like, ho oh. just being like, I ain't hearing this shit, Sonic. Nuh-uh. And meanwhile, outside Sonic's jail cell, we hear uh, good old Amy Rose, Sonic's biggest fan, protesting outside the jail, demanding that Sonic be released. She is with the shits. She knows our homeboy is innocent. Either that or she's crab
1: is unfair. I think she's just a
2: little horny, but fuck Antoine. Regardless. I mean, yeah, yeah, she is
1: a little horny.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, let's be real. It's Sonic the Hedgehog, but come on. I mean, All right. yeah, mean, I mean man, Antoine must be there. so stupid.
2: It's called Sonic the Hedgehog. The comic is called Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course, he's innocent. It's not called Antoine, the whatever fuck he is. I don't care what he is. It's called Sonic the Hedgehog. God, man.
0: Fuck. So. While all these shenanigans are going on, uh, Sally basically just tells Amy to go the fuck away and tells Sonic just like, hey, dude, you're, you're going to get your chance to fucking uh, get in court, so just shut up and be ready for that by 9 a.m. tomorrow. At the same time, uh, she and Rotor are basically uh, doing the rebuilding efforts for Knothole on account of the fact that uh, Mecha Sonic raised their entire village. It happens, you know? Don't It happens. Yeah, I mean, it's just it got to be like that sometimes. So we skip to the next day. We see Sonic being brought to court by literal kangaroo judges. Like, the, the, the jokes here are less than subtle. That's just Mike Gallagher's style of writing. No hating on the guy. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. So they say, essentially, if Sonic is found guilty of treason, he's banished. Which I guess, you know, for a kid's comic, the death penalty is a little too touchy. Uh, where are we at? So Antoine's acting as the prosecutor, of course, accuses Sonic of treason. And essentially, we just have like several scenes of Antoine badgering witnesses. At one point, one of them being a literal badger. It's very funny. I love it. And Sonic, when he's given his chance to defend himself, essentially turns the entire tables on Antoine by saying, hey, you're in charge of the prison here. One of your prisoners escaped, who, by the way, was Knack the Weasel. And he was the one that brought Son- that knocked Sonic out and brought him to Robotnik to be, dis- to be roboticized in the first place. So really, this is all your fault, Antoine.
2: Is Knack the Weasel straight up evil in the comics? Because in like Triple Trouble, he's kind of middle ground, kind of anti-hero, but ev- more evil than like Shadow. But, you know, still anti-hero.
0: Well, he's a bounty hunter and works for Robotnik. Yeah. So that'll tell you uh, what you need to know. Yeah, so
2: he's just, he's just straight up evil in this comic, it
0: seems. Yeah, he just does whatever he needs for money. So, at the end of the day, Sally, acting as, like, the... Since she's the princess, she's acting as, like, the crown's, like, magistrate or whatever. And says, listen, Sonic, Antoine's not the one on fucking trial here, so can you actually make a case for yourself here? And says, like, alright, listen. Give me 24 hours to prove my innocence, and I can actually do it. And she's like, alright, man. Go ahead and do it. And they put, like, a, a... What's the word? Like an ankle bracelet monitor on him to make sure that he uh, doesn't have away. House thing. Yeah. So Sonic uh runs off to like outskirts of Mobotropolis or Robotropolis and finds some several finds information on where Knack is. Eventually tracks him down. And after a little little bit of a tussle, uh, he drags his ass back to Nothole and says, here's this motherfucker who brought me to Robotnik. He's going to testify to my fucking innocence after uh, getting his ass kicked in a tavern. And that's the end of that comic. It's very, like... It's very much like a, uh... What's the word? Like, falling action of a story. They're just trying Mm -hmm. to give a little bit of closure to the last episode. Which will lead us right to Sonic number 41, written by... By our man, Ken Penders. Let's give a round of applause! Round of applause for Ken Penders! Yeah! 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 Woo! We start off... Oh, I should also mention the, uh... We have a new artist for Sonic 41 by the name of Kyle Hunter. Uh, He's a very dynamic art style. If you guys have ever heard of uh, Patrick Spazantine, who's another writer for this comic, he has a very similar art style to him. So we start off with uh, Sonic straight bungee jumping into Robotnik's base. Kind of fucks his shit up a little bit inside uh, his lab. And just goes back to Knothole. Really, he was just trying to mess Robotnik's day up and mission accomplished. And ends up finding uh uh Sally back at Knothole with uh with our homeboy, Jeffrey St. John. And uh oh, I forgot to mention uh there's a little bit of a of a love triangle going on with Sally and Sonic and Jeffrey. It's a little Which is very bad because uh Jeffrey is supposed to be like nineteen and Sally is like thirteen. Oh, uh, oh,
2: uh no. Oh, oh. no. Oh no. no, Written no. Ken Penders. Oh no. by 10 tenders. Oh no. Oh
0: no. So and also another thing I forgot to point out to you guys uh at this point in the comic they've rescued the king from uh his banishment in like an intermedial pocket dimension but is also like fucked up. Like half of his body is now crystallized and he is uh basically in, has dementia. Or not dementia, I just say like he's babbling. He doesn't really know who he is or where he is. Amnesia not amnesia because he do- he can't even talk it's oh, bad
2: okay so he's just like borderline vegetable state
0: borderline vegetable state so yeah that's the situation there they found the king inside the zone of silence which is where the zone was and yeah that was it there was a little bit of a contentious uh situation here with uh with jeffrey and sonic because naturally as the uh two people vying for the hand of the princess they are just naturally bound to butt heads a little bit it's it's sad why can't they why can't they just understand the principle of bros before hoes you know what i'm saying guys for real that or they can just share man sharing is caring facts man like i mean let's be real it's the 90s you know that's not in the national zeitgeist yet but you know with time time just comes time will always come for real so yeah that's kind of just it. So they do eventually find the king, although at one point, they do, they're do they getting some visions inside the zone of silence as foreshadowing for a little story that we're going to get to pretty quickly here. So they find the king, they bring him back into Knothole, and then he's like crystalline. So yeah, that's basically what happens in Sonic 41. Just a bunch of butting heads, and they rescue the king. And we've got something special now. Because now we're getting into another mini-series titled Sonic Quest. Three-parter. Basically the story here is uh, they're trying to deal with the king and his ailment. Because like I said before, half-crystallized and can't really communicate. So the deal is they want to try to find a solution to save the king. The first idea was that they find a Chaos Emerald. And Sonic decides to do something a little special. He grabs his one billionth ring, which actually did temporarily restore the king's consciousness, but it didn't really work that well. It was like a, a split-second thing. He recognized Sally, but was just immediately went back into his like vegetable state. So they just deduce that the power rings have the ability to probably restore the king. So... They decide to split into three groups, the Freedom Fighters do. Antoine and Bunny are going to go search for the Great Lake of Rings in the forest to get a power ring. Sonic and Tails are going to go to a ring grotto that was near Robotropolis where Sonic and Knuckles were fighting at in a previous story. And then Rotor and Sally are staying behind to, keep, to make sure the king is still alive. And meanwhile, our homeboy Robotnik is leaving his, uh, Second-in-command, his nephew Snively in charge of the restoration of Robotropolis while he goes off to deal with another project, which is actually foreshadowing for something coming up next episode, so keep that in <gasps> mind. Open. No way. No oh. way. So, uh, Sonic and Tails go to the grotto, and they find it sealed off with this like dome of steel that they can't penetrate. Sonic goes off to deal with it while Tails stays behind to keep watch. And then he sees the dome, like, open up and a tube come down from the sky, which ends up with the tube sucking the air out of the lake with all the power rings, including tails. It was a very strong vacuum suction. Sonic sees this is like, oh, that's that's a bit of a problem. And uh, Sonic is in the canyon. Sonic sees all this while he's off in a canyon somewhere else. And fights a friend of his who was roboticized, and Sonic is taken up by this flying uh roboticized uh what's his name again? Carl Condor is his name. Yes, it's a very minor character. Don't worry about him, guys. So he was roboticized, he was taken up to the face ship, which is called the Death Egg. Yo. And it it's quite literally just like. It's not the death egg from Sonic 3. It's not the same design. It's very much more like an egg. And mm-hmm. here's actually something interesting that I pointed out. Uh, so y- you guys are aware of the fact that like Robotnik and Eggman in this canon are technically separate characters, yeah?
2: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's still a lot of like egg motifs with Robotnik as a character, like the death egg. He still has his eggmobile. It's just, the writers, or I let me put it like this, Sega at the time was still being wishy-washy with a lot of their, like, uh, names and stuff like that. Like, Robotnik was still being called Robotnik, but a lot of his uh, robots still had the egg motif, like the death this egg. This
2: was probably pre-Sonic Adventure 1, right?
0: Yes. This yeah. was, I believe, this comic, I believe, was in 1996, so yes. Okay, yeah. Sonic is now up in the death egg, and that's the end of Sonic Quest number one. Number two, we have Robotnik just showing off his death egg, all grandier and the like, with his big boy plan here to use the death egg to roboticize the entire planet. Holy Which shit. Which is not the first time he's come up with that plan, by the way. So.
1: It might be a pretty genius plan if he has to do it twice.
0: For real. I think it was like the third time this has happened. Actually. Oh shit, <laughs> come
1: on, man. <laughs> it would surely work this time.
0: Okay, third time's a charm so we now see tail sifting his way through the top and finds a set of discarded uh, swat bot armor to disguise himself and move along very metal gear like and sonic frees himself from the cap the from his captor and gets himself within the death egg and robotnik's next move here is the death egg is on a straight collision course with the floating island To crash it into the ocean and steal its Chaos Emerald that keeps it afloat. For really no reason other than to get it up into space. Knuckles obviously is fucking pissed over this. And calls his homeboys the Chaotix to help him out. Robotnik sends some two robots to uh, fight off. or to fight them off. They take their time with it to fight them off. While Knuckles is uh, trying to protect the Chaos Emeralds that are still on the floating island. Meanwhile Sonic... Marches right into Robotnik's control room, like I mentioned before, finding the death egg on the collision course, and uh, pushes him down on the floating island. The landmass ends up being tipped over, gravity's a little off now, and Knuckles was basically launched off the floating island. But it's alright, because remember, he can fly. So Yeah, that's that, that's that
2: homie, he can
0: fly. And you wanna know, they actually explained this in a previous comic, how Knuckles can fly, you wanna hear about that? Sure. sure. Uh turns out Knuckles traps air in his dreadlocks and that keeps him afloat.
2: You know what? I figured the answer would be something like that. Cause it makes sense in a way that it doesn't make sense at all. But like <laughs> it makes sense by the laws of Sonic the Hedgehog. When you've been a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog for so long, it's kinda like I can predict the bullshit that's about to happen. <laughs> but like, how does like in Sonic Adventure 2's multiplayer, Chaos can fly but but he only has like two little baby dreadlocks so they must just be powerful i guess i don't know man
0: yeah don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) don't think think about about about
2: what's happening just accept it
0: just just accept it that's all it be so that was the end of quest number two final uh comic of this miniseries number three we now got uh sonic going straight up to attack the last swap out that was guarding robotnik only to find out that it was his homeboy Tails in disguise. Can we get an F in the chat for Tails?
1: What the Oh freaking? my god. No. <laughs> I can't believe it. The home no, I
0: don't know if I can go forward anymore. So, after <laughs> that confusion, Sonic just tries to go straight for Robotnik, only for Sonic to hit some plexiglass, and then ends up getting poison gassed out. Damn. Yeah, in this comic canon, like, Robotnik is pretty fucking ruthless. Like, he's not afraid to go for the jugular. Even though, uh, or well, I should mention this about Robotnik's character, that, like, he is not afraid to, like, murder, but at the same time, he's also, like, does respect his enemies in a very weird way. Like, he could carpet bomb the Great Forest where Knothole is, because he doesn't know exactly where it is, but he could just carpet bomb them and, like, just call it a life. But he'd rather, like, keep himself entertained, I guess.
2: Yeah, so he's he's like evil and, but he also has respect, but not like respect like in Sonic X season three where he's like, I don't like the way you hurt Cosmo and Chris. Like not like that. But.
0: Yeah, not like that. He doesn't have that like uh I don't know, the the sense of Well, he does have a sense of pride. It's more of like, you know, let's let's play this game right, you know? Yeah.
2: If you're gonna kill Sonic and all of his friends, you gotta do it fair. If you just carpet bomb them, it would be kinda of boring. It'd be like, Well
0: We could have done, like, yeah, I could have done this the whole time. So it's like, eh, it's boring. Let's have some fun, boys. So, uh, Tails, still in his SWAT bot shell, though, lunges at Robotnik and shoots at him with his SWAT bot, still functioning blasters. But uh, he misses and ends up shooting at the consoles, which frees Sonic and also uh, ends up launching the Death Egg into the stratosphere but also frees them from the floating island, so we got, like, a three-hit combo from that sense. Robotnik tries to recoup and talks to Sonic and Tails via the intercom and unleashes a a brand-new robot on them that he calls Silver Sonic, which is basically the same robot from Sonic 2, although it's a lot bigger. Like, it's, I don't know, like, maybe, like, three times their size?
2: That boss is a pain in the ass. So it blessed. was. just the size of Sonic and Sonic 2. Because,
0: man. So imagine the, fr- the problem that they have to deal with right now.
2: God, man. They're probably man. dead. This I was the end it. of the
0: series, right? Yeah, exactly. This is the last comic.
2: Oh, my <laughs> God. The last episode of the Sonic Archie Digest. Now we have to do the Fleetway Sonic Digest. Oh, no.
0: So, where are we at? So, obviously, Sonic revs up and punches us out obviously it doesn't work that thing is made of steel he's knocked out but pulls a wire out from under the hole that he was cratered into and ends up electrocuting silver sonic which short circuits the uh computer and sonic's natural response is to climb into the now fried shell and now commandeer it like a mecha damn
1: yo sonic became a mecha comic now sonic got
0: into the robot Robotnik yo, sees all get this.
1: Robot.
0: He got in the robot. So Sonic sees all this, or Robotnik sees all this and decides, yo, what the fuck? That's not fair. Gotta gotta pull out Plan E, which then lets Robotnik suit the fuck up in a mecha suit, which he just calls the exoskeleton. Which is linked nice. to the Death Egg systems. Robotnik uh t- t- sees the now Sonic piloting Silver Sonic to First instinct of Sonic is to just crush Robotnik like a bug, but because of the exoskeleton suit, he can kind of hold his own for like a minute. But Tails mentions that uh, he hacked into the Death Egg systems and rigged the thing to explode in 20 minutes.
2: Damn.
0: Yeah, Tails, Uh, in right now, at this point in the comic, Tails kind of is like a little bit of that child, but he does have that like smart, that was going for him in the games Mm -hmm. so again rigged it to explode but he warned sonic like yo all the fighting you're doing with robotnik right now is fucking up the systems real bad like at this point it could explode at any minute let's get the fuck out of here man so right as they're about to leave they find a chamber that's filled with power rings that was stolen from the beginning of this miniseries they grab a handful and launch themselves out Sonic spin-dashes his way out of the shell, and Tails slowly descends back to the ground, right as Death Egg explodes, which is seen all over Mobius. Literally, the shot seen around the world. And Sonic and Tails head back into knothole with the ring, saying like, yo, let's get this King Boy healed up, as Marbotnik parachutes down into Robotropolis. And that's Sonic Quest, that little mini series. Now, I wanted to ask you guys... Do you really think that this little subset or substory was really worth a miniseries? Because I didn't really think so. This looks like it could have been in the main comic if they really yeah, wanted to. Yeah, I don't to. know
2: why they had to split it off. That could have just been like the next three issues of the main series. I mean, it's following the story of the main series.
0: Yeah, it really is. Like, I, I know comic book industry is like a lot worse when it comes to like telling a, con- a contingent story the Archie comics are generally better, but they still have bullshit like this. Like whenever a mini series comes about, it's usually focusing on another character. Like there was a mini series for Sally, Tails and Knuckles before this. So to have one focused on Sonic just kind of seems redundant.
1: Yeah. I mean the son- the comic is Sonic. Why do you have to make a mini on Sonic, man?
0: Exactly. Like I get it if they're like, "Oh, we have this story that we really need to tell." but we don't have time to fit it in, like, the main issue. So can we get, like, a miniseries? Like, I can see that, and that would be understandable if that was the case. But, like, it's just weird without any of that context. Again, if that is the case.
2: Yeah, and I mean, this is canon, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the next, like, main comic, the king is probably healed because of Sonic Quest. We'll get to that. Oh, I see, okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: We now go Sonic number 42 with, uh, written by Kent Taylor, art by, uh, Art Mawinney. So we open at the floating island. Sonic and Knuckles are having a little bit of tussle with Sonic demanding that Knuckles give him the extra chaos emerald that he got a while ago with Knuckles is just like, dude, fuck off. You're on my land. You have no right to demand anything of me. But I'm the main character. I'm the main character. (laughs) Sonic explains to Knuckles, which he didn't fucking do in the first place. He just basically came onto the floating island's like, yo, Knuckles, give me that Chaos Emerald, homie. He eventually explains, is like, listen, man, we rescued the king, but he's in a weird state, and we think having a Chaos Emerald can help. And Knuckles is like, Look, you should have said that in the first place, but I can't get I can't give you the extra emerald. I need that for the island. And Even though Knuckles, he states that he has fond memories of the king growing up. And he does seem genuinely upset that he doesn't want to help. Or he is unable to help in his words. So Sonic and Tails go back to Knothole with their tails between their legs. Basically saying like, yeah, we we couldn't do it. But hey, we have the power ring. So let's kind of, let's cross our fingers on that one. So we now skip to uh, Sonic, Tails, and Sally having a little bit of a lunch break. When uh, Sonic's Uncle Chuck comes in. And says that the power rings uh, didn't really do anything. But maybe, just maybe that the Acorn family's crown, which has some magical properties that they don't really explain, can probably help. Sonic says that they never recovered the crown after Robotnik took over. So, like, why are you bringing this up, man? Sally believes that the crown that the king was wearing at the time that he was disposed actually was a fake. And she believes this on account of the fact that she has a scroll which claims that the crown is able to be magically swapped out under these circumstances and is like in a pocket dimension called the Hall of Limbo. How they get to that though, they really have no clue. So they end up going to the Lake of Rings to get another power ring because Sonic mentions that on account of the fact that he can get a boost from power rings and power, he can also use rings to gain knowledge. Which I have to ask, is that not the most convenient mulligan in the history of anything ever written? <laughs> How is
2: Sonic not like the smartest man alive? He's collected 1 billion rings at this point.
0: Oh, he says he just doesn't like to use that like that.
2: De- what? Man, what? give him a couple until he realizes it's a good idea to use them like that. So he can be big brain. And you know what? He'll no- just become a god at 1 billion? He's a new god of the world. For real, you can't, if you it's like, an IQ of 10,000, you could probably be, like, borderline a god.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. But the thing is, is that, like... Oh, another thing that has happened. This, this has never been, like, explicitly confirmed, even in the future comics. But the way it seems like it to me, it really only seems like Sonic is the only one capable of using the power rings in the way that they can. Mm-hmm. So... If Sonic can just come out and say, Oh yeah, I can use them for knowledge, I just don't like doing it because it makes my head hurt. Well then use more of them. Eventually your head
1: will stop hurt. Man. Your head is gonna hurt after you'd one billion of them. Come on, man.
0: At the same time though, while they're going to the Lake of Rings, they uh, are intercepted by one of their uh one of the members of the Freedom Fighters from their spy division, who goes by the name of Sleuth Dog. And, uh, it, look, I'm just gonna cut to the chase, like, he's he's a double agent, he had a horde of swap bots attack the lake after he was brought there. And by the way, this is not the first time this character came up, so, like, he was in a couple comics previously, and actually does become a recurring character, or recurring villain, I should say, in future comics. Mm-hmm. While they're being attacked, Bunny then comes in to help, just as a ring pops out of the lake, and, uh knuckles ends up swooping in carrying the extra chaos emerald because he felt guilty and uh he attacks a robot that was about to attack sonic right as he was grabbing that uh, ring that popped out so knuckles loans him the chaos emerald and they all go back to knothole rotor then hooks up the chaos emerald to a machine that's hooked up to the king and they flip it on and and then the crystallization ends up getting a lot worse But it's alright. It's only temporary, though. It's only temporary.
2: Alright, I was gonna say, all that... All that, and this man just becomes a piece of rock candy. Fuck.
0: And, oh, also something that I should point out. The crystallization that the king is under is like a... It's an emerald green. He looks like a... Basically like a chaos emerald. Keep that in mind for this next bit. So... Uh... Sonic ends up using that ring that he got for knowledge finally
2: finally and, man
0: and ends up deducing that the crown they know where the they don't know where the crown is but they can find it if they find the sword of acorns which has magical properties that connects it to the crown problem is the ring didn't tell Sonic where the the sword was. So, Knuckles then actually volunteers to find the sword, which is a very uncharacteristic thing for him to do at this point in the comic. Knuckles is very much like a yo man. Like, if it's not on my island, like I don't give a fuck. I legit don't care about your problems. So, for him to just come out and say like, "No, you got a problem. You need to find this sword." Gotcha, man. I'm your ho- I'm your boy.
2: I think at this at that point, he probably just felt guilty about the king or something. Because right now, I'm assuming he's kind of like in the uh, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 mindset, where in both those games, he really does not give a fuck unless the Master Emerald is in danger. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: So, yeah, he probably just felt bad about the king or something. Or the writers got lazy and they were like,
0: oh, no- Well, actually, no, Knuckles is going to... he's going to do something. Now Knuckles shall do something. Although, so who when, knows? when you're talking about the comics, uh, if something stupid's going on, it's usually about Knuckles. That's kind of yeah. kind of the deal here, unfortunately. So, with Knuckles volunteering to find the sword, that leads us right into the uh, back cover story. That was written by Ken Penders, assisted by uh, Kent Taylor, and with art by Art Mawinney. So, we start off with Knuckles, uh, with Tails being driven in his submarine. By the way, Tails has a, the submarine from Tails Adventure, I believe. That's Based. What it's about. Yeah, it's very, very cute. Knuckles is in tow, and Knuckles, uh, is intending to ask a group of people called the Ancient Walkers for help. Which, for you guys, they're basically, uh, three of the first Mobians to exist. And also have immortality. So they're
2: kind of, like, omnipotent.
0: A little to an bit. Extent. A little bit, yeah. Okay. So, Tails. Tails notice that they really only ever seem to show up when something big happens. Like, quote... When Sonic got his billionth ring, or when you thought you went to a kidna Heaven. What? Uh, you know, I'm not even gonna give you context for that. That's just yeah, funny. No, don't, don't even bother, <laughs> man.
2: because fucking. I'm having I'm having a lot of fun with this, but like, this these comics are fucking crazy just weird (laughs) shit man like the fucking video games it's like oh there's a there's a water blob oh there's a headshot that looks like sonic oh metal sonic oh all these very simple stories and the archie comics are like oh man crown sword omnipotent alien dudes oh ring fountain
0: oh and i also pointed out in my notes uh remember this is not the first time christian contests show up in this comic Tails ends up taking Knuckles to the continent of... Oh, great. The continent of Down Under. That's actually... Down Down Under. That's actually what it's called. I'm not putting on an accent. It is Australia. Uh,
2: It's just straight up Australia?
0: It is straight up Australia. Bruh. It's called Down Under. That's It's literally spelled D-O-W-N-U-N-D-A. I'm not putting on an accent.
1: Come (laughs) on, man.
2: This was written by Ken Penders? Mm.
0: What was this? No, it was written by Kent Taylor, but he oh,
2: okay.
0: he tends to like have a similar mindset to Ken Pender's. Yeah, so, like
2: I think everyone on this com- that worked on this comic is a, a couple screws loose up there possibly. Oh, or just...
0: oh, wait, I forgot to mention. Uh, this wasn't his. Uh, Kent Taylor was not the one who introduced the uh, the place of Down Under. That was actually uh Mike Gallagher. He was the one that wrote the Tales mini series that introduced it. I see. Yeah, yeah, I just Why need... would he
2: do that? <laughs>
0: wow. That's a great question. Someone
2: needs to make him atone for his sins.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> when man. we learn
1: that your actions have consequences. <laughs>
0: oh, trust me, he learns that his actions have consequences, believe me. We'll oh, get God. to that. What happens? Oh, God. <laughs> we'll get to that. I promise you. It might take a while, but we'll get to it. Tails is taking Knuckles down under and brings him to Knuckles' great grandfather, Athair who lives in the crater where the floating island originally was before it left the the ground.
2: That's a little cool.
0: It's a little cool. The context is very weird, though. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I should give you this context, though. So, uh, Knuckles' ancestor, who was the first guardian, is named Edmund. Just so you have this context. He was... Mm -mm. So, when Knuckles sees a he actually gets a little defensive around him because he claims that Athere is the only the only member of his family line to refuse to take up the mantle of being the guardian of the floating island. And the reason why is just cuz like Athere Ather's a big picture kind of guy. He's like, "Why would I bother guarding this floating rock when I could be like the overseer of the whole uh, whole planet, man? You got to think bigger, man." Knuckles is like, "I I don't want to fucking hear this." So, Athere Yeats Knuckles and Tails into a hallucinatory trip and sends them to see the Ancient Walkers, who, in a bit of, like, a roundabout, uh, like, I don't know, riddle-speak, basically just says that a Chaos Emerald can't cure the king. So they're like, ah, fuck. Now what? And they don't find out how to get the Sword of Acorns, but they do know the people who can take them there. And... Uh, after Knuckles finds that out, he basically leaves Tails behind is like, all right, buddy, thanks for getting me here, but uh got to go on my own right now. And that's the end of number 42. These comics tell a lot of stories with a lot of little time. And I do appreciate that, even if it is a bit of a headache to explain.
2: Yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. I mean, it's not bad. It's fun. It's funny. It's crazy. I it, wouldn't say it's like high art but it is
1: fun yeah it's fun how crazy it is it
0: really is like i genuinely enjoy it speaking of madness uh we got a little something special right now because the next comic we're covering is a comic called sonic live do you boys happen to be familiar with this comic
2: no but the name alone scares me
0: good it, it should i'm gonna show you guys the cover of this comic I'm just Oh no, up. I'm
1: kinda scared.
0: You should be scared.
1: Oh no. Oh <laughs> I'm even more scared. <laughs> what oh I've seen that I've seen that? that before. I've yeah. seen this photo before.
0: Yeah, you sh- <laughs> I you, you should. So Oh
1: god. The kid has he had like a the little kid looking in the TV, he's seen a lot right there. holy shit. They just kinda standing there and
2: Son's just like reaching out of the fucking screen, dude. <laughs> holy
0: shit. It's terrifying. I l- listen. If someone out there has that comic, I'm willing to pay you some good money for it. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Is it a rare one? I don't think, I don't know if it's rare, but like I, I would kill to have that in my physical collection.
2: (laughs) Imagine like a poster of just the cover of that on your wall.
0: I'm telling you, man, it's, it's messed up. It's messed up. That's
2: just a fucking badass cover. It's, you don't need words. You don't need words for this cover. I know the whole story of this comic based on the cover alone. Just by
0: looking at it, you are living in fear. So, we start off... Who other would write this than our man, Ken Penders? Let's fucking go, (laughs) man! Hell yeah! Oh, and also he did the art. He's also an artist. No
2: no wonder it's terrifying. Let's fucking go.
0: Uh, Oh, my first note for this comic just says, Pain. I think that's a very apt statement. Yeah. So, we start off with Robotnik taunting Sonic. There, Sonic's in his base. He's just taunting him by having Sally captive brainwashed. So Sonic is surrounded by SWAT bots and is then blasted at and killed. Sonic's fucking dead, boys. God, motherfucking damn.
2: <laughs> Why is it called Sonic
1: Live? He's no longer alive, bro. He's, He's dead alive. as fuck. Man, what the
0: fuck? They can't just do that. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. This is at the very beginning of the comic, <clears throat> this buddy dead? This is How page I... number two. How,
2: How is this buddy going to pop out of the TV and say hi to the real world kids? I was expecting some, like, fucking Garfield the movie type shit. Something like that. Garfield gets real. There was some <laughs> movie called Garfield gets real. I was expecting that, but Sonic.
0: Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, no. Upon seeing Sonic's brutal murder, we then skip to a live-action segment of a kid playing a Sonic and says, Oh, man, I can't believe I died again.
1: No. <laughs> no. W- w- wait. <laughs> what the
0: when f- I s- And when I say a live-action segment, I literally mean that. Like, these are like no! actual photos of an actual kid playing not even playing a Sega Genesis. He was holding like a TV controller sideways, like a fucking like Genesis controller. Saying, no. "Man, I can't believe I died." They could have just a even
2: a Master System, a Game Gear, something, man. How how little was the budget for this?
0: Oh, I should say too? Uh, so he says that his sister comes in, just like, "Hey, you can't keep mom waiting. We gotta go to school." And I made a note of this. Uh. The, these pictures are, uh, these kids, I should say, are Ken Penders' actual niece and nephew.
2: Man, the budget must have been tiny as fuck. They couldn't (laughs) even get, like, real actors.
0: And also, I need to point out, what I said about, uh, them using a TV controller, that's just because, get this, you guys are gonna love this. The fact that Ken Penders did not want video games in his house. Now, let's take a moment to step back and think about this, okay? What?! Ken Penders is writing for a comic book series based off a video game character. Now, ask me this, why does this man work on such a comic when he does not like the video game?
2: Even then, he could've just, like,
0: rented one.
2: Gone to a, a friend's house that had a Sega Genesis. Those things were popular back in the day. There were, and what was this, like 1996, 1997? Even yep. if you just wanted to buy one, it wouldn't have been like that, that expensive, you know? Even if you probably just the price to... drops at that point. There Even... were so many options. So many options that he picked the
0: worst one. Even if he wanted to just like, he really could have just, like, went to, like, a second-hand store and just bought a Genesis controller for a prop. Yeah. Like, this is unnecessary.
2: He didn't even have to buy a whole system. It could have just been a controller, you're right. He could have bought one of those shitty, like, third-party controllers that would break super easily. It doesn't even have to be an official Sega one.
1: The audio listener won't, uh, see it, but Jinjo made, like, a very, very horrified page of Able hearing that statement. Like you were so distraught over it. Baffled by this <sighs> man. He won't he won't
2: allow video games in his house, but it's okay to be horny on Twitter all the time. Look. Fuck.
0: Look, man. Those are the costs you pay to live your life. God,
2: <laughs> what an odd man.
0: Yeah. So as the kids are going off to school, we now cut back to Sonic in like a weird green interspace and complains that he can't move and uh meanwhile robotnik is gloating that he won and is like yep now i can conquer all of mobius get sally into the into a jail cell next to her freedom fighter friends this is gonna be fun boys (laughs) and uh the kids from earlier are coming back and sonic sees them from the monitor he's basically behind their tv screen and is literally calling out to them, being like, Hey guys, it's me, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> hey, it's me, Goku. Let me in. It's me, Goku. Let me in. It's me. Uh, the So Sonic calls out to them, and basically reaches out for them, and pulls oh. them into the TV. Ken Pen No, no. Persona 4 ripped off Ken Penders. <laughs> Yo! The Midnight Channel? Holy shit? Yo, Ken Penders, you should sue Atlas, man. They ripped you off.
2: For real, get that fucking
0: Persona 4 Golden on Steam money. Facts. So, Sonic uh, leads the kids to a, a little small point in this midspace where he thinks they can get back to Mobius. Meanwhile, Robotnik is just gloating over the Freedom Fighters and points them to his brand new missile system. Which has two purposes. Number one, launch some satellites to roboticize the planet yet again. And also to launch the Freedom Fighters into space.
2: What is that? Like the fourth time he's going to roboticize the entire planet? Man.
0: Just give up. Maybe Pick something else. I have
2: hope this time. I'm just... Sonic is dead. There's no way he's coming back.
0: There's no... He he can't come back. There's no
2: possible way. Especially not with the help of two real-life children.
0: So right at that that moment, Sonic and the kids warp in, and the kids are immediately kidnapped by SWAT bots. Like, next panel. (laughs) Sonic fights them off one by one, and eventually the three of them find the control room. Sonic turns off the missile launching system, right as Robotnik notices the portal that Sonic came out of, and goes in with Snively. So now they're just minutes away from becoming real. Uh Oh. The portal that they entered is now slowly growing bigger and bigger and ends up uh, sucking in Sonic and the kids into it and they find Robotnik in this liminal zone, which is just a rock in space. And Robotnik ends up showing off his new plan, building a giant mecha of himself with several different alternate universe versions of himself. Which, I'm gonna say, yet again... Not the first time Robotnik has done that.
2: Kind of reminiscent of um, Sonic Generations.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Ken Panders also should sue Sega again. Mm-hmm. Again. Again. So, Sonic and the kids are uh, thrown off into a cell. And there's also a bunch of like actual humans in that cell. I legit have no idea where they came from. I. They're just there. And the guy and all of these grown ass men that are in this jail cell are like, "What the fuck, Sonic the Hedgehog? Like, you're a video game character in our world. Why the fuck are you real, bro?" Sonic is real. No way. Man, that I wish for that every day. So for real. So, uh, they're eventually freed by someone else who, uh, is just like a woman in a Robotnik disguise. Again, no explanation for that is given. It's just there uh sonic is out he fights off the swat bots and it culminates in the kids finding like um they find a terminal which is literally a giant sega genesis controller and they use like a cheat code from one of the sonic games to shut down the swat bots
2: how can penders know this He has not playing video games video games aren't allowed in his
0: house that's a very good question that's honestly a very good question
2: Man, so, Why did Sonic even need these two kids' help in the first place? Like, why he pull them into the TV?
0: The question is, why are these kids even here to begin with? Like, I, I legitimately want to ask this. What's the point of this story? Because, uh, is this even canon? I don't even know. I feel like it shouldn't be. I, you know what? L- let's hold on. Let's put a pin in that question. Let's finish this comic up and get this migraine yeah. out of the way. So, so the shut, swap bots are shut down, then Sonic is then sent home and waves goodbye to his new friends. They part ways, go back to Mobius, and I just wrote, all's well that ends well. That's- yeah,
2: sure, man. I mean, my mental suffering. I mean, it's sure, man, ends well, sure. It's not all's well, but it is ends well, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's it's something special, all right? God damn. And that's only the first story. We still got two more to go. Whoa, there's more to this comic? Uh You're kidding not, me. Not much though. Uh So Oh dios mío. So story B is literally I only have one note on it and it's just like a group of mobians rescuing freedom fighters from Robotnik and as a thanks Sally just dubs them like a a separate team of the freedom fighters.
2: I'm surprised. When you said as a thanks, I knew this comics was written by Ken Penders, so I got kind of scared, but, you know. That
0: story wasn't uh, that... written by Ken Penders, by the way. I should have uh, okay. that. Well,
2: then, then Okay, then that makes sense. That makes sense. Thank
0: God. Yeah, it, it, the writing and the art was done by uh, Rich Koslowski, who did a story previously. So, mm-hmm. He wrote a very good story about Bunny. It was actually very endearing. We now cover to the final story, written by Kent Taylor and with art by, by our man, Patrick Spazatine. We now have, we see Knuckles continuing his search for the Sword of Acorns and finds himself on the edge of the Great Forest and finds, like, a little hut. But before that, before he enters, he is attacked by something that he calls a Devil Watcher. Which he complains or he points out like, what the fuck is this thing? That this is a myth. This shouldn't exist. Why am I fighting this? Knuckles uh, goes into the cottage nearby, but is then attacked by even more mythical monsters. Until Knuckles realizes something that, hey, wait a minute. These are illusions. These things are not real. They are literally like children's figments of imaginations. He's the fighting fuck? a magician. That's it. He's fighting a magician. So, Knuckles calls out to the figure in this comic and introduces himself as the king's former court wizard. Jinjo, my man, you called it.
2: Yo! I'm, t- I'm a genius. What, what can I say?
0: So, he explains to Knuckles, look, man, I don't know where the sword is, but I know, I think I know someone who does. And they're in the land of the dark. That's all the context he's got. He sends Knuckles off and says that, hey, if you see the king again, tell him Merlin Prower wishes him well. If you can't connect the dots. That's, that's Tails' uncle.
2: Oh, okay. I see.
0: Yeah, he becomes a little uh, prevalent in the future. And that's the end of Sonic Alive. Congratulations, we made through that headache. Let's. We made it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, woo! Woo! What, what good fun. That was probably... One of the most infamous comics I've covered at this point, and just like Ken Penders' stuff, it's uh, it's a lot more hyped up than it, the reality of the situation really was. Like that was a dumb story about like real kids in real life, like being themselves with Sonic the Hedgehog and being friends, but like the ex the the end of it just falls flat. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, that is a very common theme with Ken Pendridge's writing. It's a grandiose concept that is honestly kind of stupid at times. But when you get to the conclusion of it all, it just kind of falls flat.
2: I feel like it couldn't even live up to the
0: cover of the comic itself.
2: No. The cover is too cool for the rest of the
0: story. We'll move on to Sonic the Hedgehog number 43. Uh, written by, yet again, our man Ken Penders, with no. art done by Patrick Spazetine. So we got a very killer combo here. We intru- we're we introduced to a new character by the name of Dr. Quack, who is Nothole's resident doctor, and yes, the joke ex- exists for a reason. Uh-oh. Sonic even points it out in universe. as like, yo, I is it, does this guy live up to his name? Because if so, like, maybe we should find someone else, man. I don't know. So Sonic and Sally follow him in a rush and they find the king. The crystallization is getting much worse. Basically, his entire body, except for the left side of his head, is now covered in crystallization. So the doctor tries an experimental device that Rotor built. By the way, Rotor is like 13, 14, like the rest of them. So the fact that this man with a medical degree just sees the thing that a kid built is like, yeah, let's use that. I don't know, man. Maybe we should get his credentials looked at again. Just saying. Nah, nah, it's fine. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. I guess the the intent of the device was for uh to have regenerative rays be shot at the king in the hope that his skin will just heal itself. It doesn't work. But the doctor is like, hold on. Let's calm. Let's calm down a second. Uh, maybe it has some long term effects. Let's just keep a monitor. At that minute. We then go to a flashback to Sonic and Sally as kids before Robotnik took over. Like right before. The king steps in and shooes them away and ends up right behind him speaking with Robotnik, who's referred to as Julian, his warlord, quickly appointing him as the Minister of Science. And the king also approved Julian's plan to immediately dismantle the military since the war is over. Now, I want to stop you right there. I I have a degree in political science, okay? But you don't need that to know dismantling a military is not a good idea, no matter the circumstance. Right after a war? Right after. Like, it, it, like if I was in any position of power and an advisor of mine says, like, hey, dude, you know what would be pretty based? Like, dismantling the military, i think, what the fuck? Are, who are... Yo, guards! This guy's gonna throw me over. He's gonna throw us over. Like he's plotting some shit. And guess this what? His
2: name is Julian, dude. Come on.
0: <laughs> exactly. And guess what? Julian does. He immediately coos him. Immediately, God. dude. Like I'm, I'm saying, man. The king. Like I don't. Maybe you don't deserve to be king. Like I don't know.
2: He he deserves becoming a fucking chaos emerald, like he is right now at this point. Yikes. I mean, maybe, but, like, damn. So. I'm sorry, that was, that was a little too mean to this. To this, this vegetable? Kid. This vegetable, damn. Okay, well, you're right. It was a little mean.
0: So. Immediately, Julian coups the king. And the king is like, yo, homeboy, Julian, what the fuck are you think you're doing? And he's like, don't call me that, homie. Call me my proper title. Ivo Robotnik. And before throwing him away into the zone of silence, uh, shows him number one, the zone of silence where he's about to be sent. And, and like one act of like, uh, I not mercy. He's just kind of taunting at him. He shows robot or he shows the King, his quote discovery. And I am pointing this out because it's actually pretty important. The roboticizer declares the King, his enemy and is then thrown away into the zone. And says, be sure to give Ixis, the roboticizer's inventor, and Kodos, the former warlord, my regards. And is thrown into the zone of silence. Now, think on this for a second. He does mention that he discovered the roboticizer, not invent it. And even then, he uh, doesn't have all the correct information. Let's put it like that. We're going to get into that. Very fast, very soon, and you're going to be surprised by the answer. So, we then immediately flash forward to the king in the hospital, just basically screaming at the top of his lungs. This is the first sign of life that they've, like, ever gotten from him. Damn. They're all startled, as anyone naturally would be, and the doctor is like, chill the fuck out, he's having a nightmare, Just, just, just relax. His response, the doctor pulls out a device, which he calls the Dream Watcher, and says... One way to pull the king out from his stasis will be to go into his dream and basically slap him around a little bit and pull him into reality. Everyone volunteers to go in, but Sonic is the one that sticks out and he goes into the king's dream. He's the main character. The
2: comic's named after him, of course.
0: Of course. Of course. Like, what is this? Jeffrey St. John? No, fuck out of here.
1: Nope.
0: We now then are seeing the king in his dream. Immediately basically taking up right where the flashback left off. He's in the zone of silence. And Sonic just like pops right in out of thin air and is like, hey, yo, king, homeboy, like, chill out. Like, this is all a dream. You're not really in any danger. Just relax. Right then, Kodos pops up who, like I mentioned before, was the king's warlord before Robotnik. And immediately attacks them. Just goes right for the jugular. Uh, Sonic does try to save the king, but is shot in the back with eye lasers by a demigod that lives in the zone of silence named Feast. He's a giant panda. What's happening in this comic, dude? Yeah, that was a very, uh, very cut and dry thing I just said. I... I, I can imagine for you guys, like, you have no context to what I'm talking about. So it's like, yeah, so Sonic's in the dream of the king who's being attacked by the king's former warlord and is also being attacked by a demigod. Like, to me, this is all fucking normal. Like, I'm living this, like, my, yeah. this is my life now. To you guys, I'm dragging you into the madness.
2: To me, my brain just finally made the connection. This is... Sonic the Hedgehog. This is Sonic
0: the Hedgehog! I've
2: been playing Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, Shadow the Hedgehog, all these Sonic games my whole life. This is also Sonic the Hedgehog. This is the same character, the same franchise. We're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog right now. And you're telling me this demigod panda laser-eyed Sonic in the back
0: in an alternate dimension. (laughs) Well, in a dream state, I should say
2: in a dream alternate dimension of demigod panda laser-eyed sonic
0: but uh right at that moment uh the both kodos and feist just fade away and sonic just explains to the king "Is just like listen you're in a dream you're experiencing a nightmare i'm gonna and he catches him up on everything that's happened since he was thrown into the zone of silence like robotnik taken over or robotnik took over robotropolis uh we all now live in knot hole uh you know we're we're trying to just save the day here from robotnik and before he can explain nor or explain more sonic is pushed out and back into the real world and they're seeing signs of activity from the king's brain which basically means it worked the king is conscious again and that's the end of sonic number 43
2: what a journey
0: and we're still not done we're getting uh smack right into sonic number 44 which kind of t- kind of steers away from what the story is, but honestly, this is this is actually my favorite one so far that we're covering, just because some certain characters show up, and you'll 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 know who you'll know who. Yup,
2: Shadow the Hedgehog. In this comic from nineteen ninety-seven. Shadow's yeah. just like it's me, it's me, Shadow the Hedgehog. <gasps> Holy Yo. shit! Shadow time Jim? traveling
0: Shadow the I Hedgehog. Shadow what?
2: Oh, I'm not gonna be introduced until a game in 2001, but I wanted to come here anyway. <gasps> Holy shit, dude! All right, let's get started. I'm excited now.
0: So, written by Ken Penders, art by uh, Manny, Gal- Gal- Manny Galan. We see- we are immediately introduced to the scene of a uh, Rotor showing Sonic a gun. Yep. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow is coming. That's that's like a signal. And it's literally just like a tiny little pistol that immediately transforms it transforms into what I have in my notes as a, quote, super fuck you gun. You know, I'm going to just give me a second. I'm going to try to find it because it is just goddamn ridiculous. In fact, it's even called the Party Hardy Quadra Sonic Rock and Roller. Man, I
2: don't know how much more of this I can take. I'm We're- a simple man. I'm a simple man. Sonic Blast for the Sega Master System from Brazil. I get this. I understand this. I don't care what the fuck this. So. So. so party Hardy Sonic. What the fuck? What? What are you even saying anymore?
0: It's in the chat now, boys.
1: What the fuck? Man. What in the frick? How can he even hold that up? What will he do with such a weapon? Shoot Robotnik?
0: I mean, I hope so. I don't know what, what the fuck else he'll do with that shit. Yo, he gotta
1: be strong as thick, though. He's holding that up just like, what the thick?
0: It is. Good lord. So, by the way, uh, that was just for that. Uh, this co- th- that gun is never seen again, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess he's not doing shit with it, then. So, they break for lunch, only for an alarm to go off, and they find some energy disturbances on the floating island. They go to the Floating Island only to see it shaking with Knuckles down into the chamber to find... He goes in to find our homeboy, Anti-Sonic, trying to steal the Chaos Emeralds. Which, uh, Jinjo, if you don't know, that's Scourge.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, I remember now. Ant, he was called Anti-Sonic, Jinjo, yeah that's right. Is, yeah. He, is this still
0: before he was green It was just yep. Sonic with a jacket? Yep, yep, yep. Badass, badass. So knuckles tries to fight him off uh, and by the way knuckles in this canon is actually a little bit more smarter than his game counterpart so he sees like anti-sonic and realizes like that's not like the sonic that he knows because let's be honest if it was game knuckles he would immediately assume that's sonic in a be shitty like, disguise
2: sonic what the hell why are you doing this buddy
0: yeah oh, literally everyone's sonic adventure 2 does that so it's messed up it's messed up messed up Knuckles is then attacked by someone unseen. We don't really know who it is for sure, but we see he has the the body of an echidna. We then later realize it's actually Anti-Knuckles, who Anti-Sonic brought along with him. And so that you guys know, I'm going to show you guys his character design.
2: Yo, that's like hipster painter Knuckles. That's fucking crazy.
0: Uh, that is... He speaks in a very stereotypical Irish accent, and also... Uh, it wears that beret, yeah. That's like classical painter Knuckles. Yeah, and also in that image you're looking at, uh, he doesn't have like a weird mustache. That's just a shadow.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, just oh, I thought it was a mustache. I thought it was a mustache.
0: Yeah, I, I only clarify that because uh, I, when I was doing the notes and reading the comic, my sister walked in on me reading it, and she was like, "Why the fuck does Knuckles have a mustache?" So I just thought, you know, maybe I guess I need to clarify.
1: Yeah, because I, I I also thought that was a mustache. That's kind of a weird shadow placement. It, it, yeah, it,
0: yeah, it is, isn't it? So Knuckles is knocked out. The portal that the two of them close in was closing pretty fast, so the two of them had to retreat. The Freedom Fighters find Knuckles, and he explains the situation, to which Sonic realizes, like, oh, it's that motherfucker, and he wants the fuck with you. Nah, this is, no. Let's let's go take this guy out. So they go down the cosmic interstate to Anti Mobius. I feel like I should have clarified for that. They have a very easy way of ghost going into parallel universes. I see. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little strange to be perfectly honest. I'm learning to accept it. You're learning, yeah. Very important lesson that you got to get out of this show. If I'm telling you something insane, just learn to accept it. Because yeah. if you're gonna seek answers, you might not like them. There might not even be answers. Well, I'll tell you this much. These comics have the most consistent canon of Sonic the Hedgehog, and that's saying something. Yeah.
2: Because, I mean, like, most Sonic games are just, like, contained stories. They don't usually make sense
0: on their own. I mean, they don't
2: usually, like, connect to each other at all.
0: <sighs> but I will tell you this, though. While they're going down Antimobius, or to Antimobius... Knuckles is, uh, Knuckles and Sally are just kind of, like, reminiscing on, uh, the good old days. Something that wasn't properly explained, and we're getting pieces of it here, basically the king and Sally spent summers on the floating island back when they were kids. So Knuckles was, like, just learning to, like, know what it is to be the guardian of the floating island, and Knuckles' dad, who was the previous guardian, normally does not allow outsiders, but he gave an exception for the king. Just... That's all the context that you need to know for this. What well, they eventually land on Anti Mobius and right as they get off, they're quickly attacked by Anti Sonic and Anti Knuckles. We get some quick fight scenes. Uh Anti Sonic and Sonic like run off to basically race each other and Anti Knuckles is uh he basically just says like, "Look, I really hate to fight you like this, but I just won't." All right. All right. I'm going to
2: do I'm going to go do some oil paintings. Not anti-knuckles. I'll see you later, bro.
0: Say it in an Irish accent. I'm going to go
2: do some oil, oil paintings, yeah? Is that Irish? That was kind of
0: Irish-British.
2: I am part Irish, but I can't do an Irish accent for the fucking life of me.
0: Oh, man, I, I really hope that your ancestors uh, don't haunt you for that. because They're Google crying.
2: They're, fuck- they're eating potatoes and crying right now. They're like, no, our, our great-great-great-grandson can't impersonate anti-Knuckles. No.
1: You're a failure, bro. Ooh. For real. God. I can't believe you, man. The- all the generations went down to you with an Irish accent and you failed them all.
2: It was all destiny to do that anti-Knuckles impression, but it was just an unbeaten dog
0: shit. I mean, look, to, to hit it a little too close to home, you and Knuckles share in that respect.
2: What, can he not also do it? Uh, or, no, he's also a disappointment
0: to his ancestors, or? Uh, it, his ancestors seem to think so. Damn! that That's a complicated story. We'll get to that, though. Yeah. Uh, So... Anti-Knuckles explains that, uh, for some reason, the Anti-Mobius's equivalent of Chaos Emeralds are, like, losing power. And his—how do I put it? His equivalent of the Floating Island is basically losing power. They then go to it, and they realize that what to Knuckles' Floating Island is Anti-Knuckles' Sunken Island. And they are literally on the on the ocean floor, only surrounded by a bubble of air, which is sustained by their chaos emeralds. It just kind of goes to show that, like, Anti-Mobius, everything in it is, like, flipped on its axis. And some writers take that more literally than others. Clearly, Ken Penders is one of them.
2: Is, is it like called anti-Mobius or is that just what the people of Mobius call it? So everything in this dimension is like named anti-blank. But uh, that's their name. Like do they, so example anti-Sonic and anti-Knuckles. Do they refer to each other as Sonic and Knuckles? Yeah, or are yeah. their names, okay I was gonna say if they refer to each other as anti-Sonic and anti-Knuckles, I would accept it. But that is incredibly stupid. But I was kind of expecting it. But I'm also very, I'm impressed that they didn't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, when I say everything is flipped on this axis, I mean everything. Personality, character aspects, even history. That's something that will get explained way later on. But in context, for the context of, like, Anti-Mobius just as a concept, understand that. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. This whole, like, Anti-Mobius is legitimately my favorite aspect of these comics. The fact that these characters were not in the reboot devastated me.
2: I kinda wish some aspects of like anti-mobius would make their game their way into the games in some aspect. Like Scourge, I know he's like anti Sonic and he like he anti-Sonic becomes Scourge in later issues. I've always wanted Scourge to be in the games to some extent. He's cool as fuck, man.
0: Uh sadly there are reasons why that cannot ever happen. Well yeah, well now they
2: split up from Archie and Archie probably owns the rights to Scourge's identity so uh, mm, not archie oh is ken penders you're making that face yikes oh yeah that's never happening that's Uh-oh. never fucking happening
0: okay actually i should say this ken penders recently said on twitter that he is willing to sell some of his characters back to sega i assume he means the like anti-mobius characters the problem is, I know for a fact, Sega would be dead in the fucking ground, out of business, before they even consider working with Ken Penders again.
2: Yeah, no, he'd be incredibly lucky if they decide to buy it from him.
0: Oh, they'd be incredibly lucky if they just ever talked to him again.
2: Yeah, no, because he's fucking weird.
0: Oh, that's but not man, the only I'd reason. Kill-
2: I'd kill for Scourge to be in... Well, yeah, he sued them as well. But I'd kill for Scourge to be in a Sonic game. Murder.
0: Me, me too. Hell, if they, if by some miracle they can rework the concept into IDW comics, I'll take it. For real, man. That'd be cool as fuck. So, back to the comic at hand. Got it. Uh, Anti-Knuckles then takes the Freedom Fighters to his island, the Sunken Island, as previously mentioned. With oxygen seeping out of the air bubble that sustains it, They've, they're then taken to the main city, Atlantopolis. Which, for the record, the uh, ec- the city that's on the floating island is called Echidnopolis. So anyway, so they go down to a containment chamber and find Robotnik, like Robotnik Prime, trying to take the the Anti-Mobius Chaos Emeralds for a portal that can rip through dimensions. Anti-Sonic sees all this. And it's like, yo, homeboy, what the fuck? This isn't part of the plan. After Swatbots try to throw him out into the ocean and drown him. Uh, Right after Sonic and the boys save Anti-Sonic, they all kind of gang up on him and is like, hey, man, what do you mean that wasn't part of the plan? To which Anti-Sonic goes like, uh, <laughs> well, you see what it happened was. And he runs away. Damn. Robonic already has a portal uh set up a portal to the chaos emerald chamber on the floating island is open up and they bait Robotnik to shoot into it and the beam bounces off the chaos emerald that was in the chamber, redirects it back to Robotnik, hits him, and he, like, he dissipates. He and is, he he dissipates and is, uh, all that's left behind are several chaos emeralds to which everyone freaks the fuck out, which also, by the way, this is not the first time this has happened to Robotnik. There has literally been one other instance where Robotnik was zapped and transported away in such a way that everyone in the vicinity thought he was killed.
2: Damn.
0: Yeah, these comics are, are a little extreme, man, I gotta say.
2: For real. Got me fucked up.
0: So, uh, Anti-Knuckles collects the few Chaos Emeralds and says, uh, like, listen, he's just been displaced, Don't, don't worry about it, he'll be fine and takes the freedom fighters back up to the surface and sends them home. And that's the end of number 44. And I'm going to be real with you guys, any story that uh that anti nuck or the anti characters in general show up in, I genuinely enjoy, even if the uh characters are not that great or in like anti Sonic in particular, like he's written kind of weak right now at least. But, like, I still enjoy the concept. I'm willing to look past it in this Yeah, the
2: concept is cool enough that it can carry any
0: faults. I mean, at least for me. My uh, regular co-host, Bailey, he doesn't care for the anti-characters right now. But, hey, what can I do? We have our final comic to cover. Guys, can can we get a round of applause? We've made it this far.
2: I'm almost free! We're we're almost free! We are are
0: almost free! And, Jinjo... Get that Sonic Blast cartridge out because the comic we're covering is an adaption of Sonic Blast! Yo,
1: fucking go! I receiving
2: Yo. a copy of Sonic Blast! Yo, fucking go! Yo! Uh,
0: uh I actually, I, I unfortunately have to take that back because uh, it's actually an adaption of Sonic 3D Blast. Uh. <laughs> I want a
2: few people that really really like Sonic 3D Blast. I'm going to I'm going to drop a hot take on your podcast right now. Go ahead. I'm I'm not a big fan of the classic Sonic games. I'm I'm much more of a 3D kind of Sonic kind of guy. My favorite classic Sonic game, like the one I enjoy the most. I don't think it's the best game, but the one I personally enjoy the most is Flicky's Island 3D Blast. That's my favorite classic Sonic game. Even though I know Like, 3 and stuff is, like, a better game, design-wise. I like Flicky's Island better. I can't explain why. I don't know why. I just really like that game.
0: You know, it's funny you bring that up. I remember playing that as a child, and every time I played it, I always got, like, extreme vertigo. Like, to the point where I was, like, sick in bed, and it took hours for me to recover. I don't know why. It's It's really not that bad of a game. Can you play it nowadays? I should try. I haven't. Uh, ever it's tried. not that bad. The Saturn version's pretty good. Yeah, unfortunately, I have a- I only have access to the Genesis version. But eh, eh, you know, we can figure it out. We Genesis figure version's it out. fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So, uh, the reason why I introduced it as Sonic Blast was just because the comic itself is just called Sonic Blast Special. I guess for some reason they just decided to drop the 3D part of it. Maybe it would be a weird advertising thing. I I don't I, I don't know. know. The first uh, aspect was drawn by, or written by Mike Gallagher, art by Art Mawinney. We open up with Robotnik communicating with Snively. And uh, Snively, in a bit of a, little, a little bit of a bitch move on his part, deliberately redirects the uh, call, or shares the call, with the Freedom Fighters. <laughs> like, and here's the thing, Snively's not like a spy for the Freedom Fighters or anything, he just hates Robotnik. Uh, so Snively, uh, gives them the info, and the Freedom Fighters find out that Robotnik is on an island offshore of the continent, to which, uh, what is called Flicky Island, where he believes a Chaos Emerald is. Robotnik landing immediately captures some Flickies and just throws them into a roboticizer, and ends up roboticizing the entire island. Like what? He, he really tries to go for roboticizing the planet, but I guess he'll, he'll have to stay put with this one island for now. Uh, Sonic and Tails show up right as the entire island is being roboticized. Tails tries to fly up over the island for recon, but he's immediately attacked by robo-flickies. And Tails is downed, actually. They grab him by the tail, and he just plummets into the ocean. However, they realize that the ocean's salt water is a natural counter-agent for the the robo-flickies. And in contact with salt water, they are de-roboticized. It's... uh I don't know, there's some literary term for something that's extremely convenient. Um
2: it's not I don't think it's a Deus Ex Machina, but I don't know, maybe. I don't think so though.
0: I think it's a little too small to be a Deus Ex
2: Machina, but A Deus Ex Machina has to be like extremely convenient, and just completely out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. So like but Why didn't
2: Sonic just like bring a super soaker to this island?
0: They did actually. They actually do have a super soaker. Uh, so- yo! <laughs> so yo, they just they just uh, again. They take out the uh the super soakers and they just attack the robo flickies that are flying around them. Me while Sonic heads onto the island. Oh, I I forgot to mention this. Uh so Sonic goes onto the uh, to the island with Rotor taking out the saltwater and the water gun. And <laughs> Rotor, for whatever reason, is screaming Simper Fidelis. Which basically is just a motto for the US Army. What? what? I I don't know, man. This is Mike Gallagher likes to make really bizarre references. In the last comic, like, he wrote the comic where Sonic got roboticized and mm-hmm. had, uh, had Bunny making a lot of inappropriate references to the, to the Confederacy. What? <laughs> Man, this shit
2: really is
0: crazy, dude. For real. So, uh, with that being said, so Sonic seats out Robotnik on the island. Robotnik finds the magic ring, you know, like in the game, where the Flickies come out of. And just as he's about to jump in there, Sonic just attacks him right in the gut. They tussle a little bit. Robotnik shock grasps him and leaves him for dead and jumps into the ring. Sonic follows. And in like a two-page spread of art, basically is like detailing a zone from the game. Like, I think it's a uh, Green Grove, I think it's called, where Sonic is just fighting a bunch of bosses. It's, uh, oh, oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention this to you guys. Whenever they adapt a game, the Archie comic writing team basically has no communication with Sega whatsoever. So whenever they are told to like adapt a game, they're basically left to dry and say like, hey, we have a game that we want sold, uh, uh, adapt it so we can sell a little bit more, have free advertising. Writing team says, yeah, all right, sure. Uh, can we get some like material so we know what we're working with? No. What?
2: So, like, what was the extent they had to work with? Like, just a plot synopsis and that's it?
0: No, not even. This is jumping ahead a little bit, and I think I said this in a previous episode, but uh, when they were doing the adaption for Sonic Adventure, again, no communication from Sega, to the point where the team had to import a Japanese Dreamcast and a copy of the game just so they could get the story. Damn. Like, What this the is- fuck? What did Sega expect from them? Sega really just saw the Archie comics just as an afterthought, which is a very bizarre thing to say considering what we're going to get into next episode, because there's a little bit of drama behind the scenes going on by that point, but Mm -hmm. we're getting ahead of ourselves. Robotnik traps Sonic and finds the Chaos Emerald embedded in a flicky statue, only for it to come alive right after Robotnik takes out the Chaos Emerald in a very Indiana Jones style Robotnik and Sonic escape the zone, but Robotnik's arm is kind of caught in the portal due to the fact that he refuses to let go of the Chaos Emerald. A Flicky bites Robotnik's hand and lets the Emerald go, and uh, ends up finding his entire Flicky robot army and roboticizer gone. So, uh, in a fit of rage, just go in the standard, you know, I hate that hedgehog and all that. Sonic Tails, and Rotor basically maroon Robotnik and tell him to fuck off as they go away in their sub. Not all again, not the first time where Robotnik is marooned now that I think about it. There's there's a lot of story beats recovering now that I think about it. This is very weird.
2: I don't even I don't even know what to comment on anymore, man. It's just just This is whack. <laughs> this is whack. So Whack implies bad. This isn't bad,
0: it's just a lot.
2: It's Archie Sonic. There's, n- there's no way to describe it. That's just h- how it is.
0: We have two more stories that come from uh, a different uh, pair of writers. Uh, this guy's name is Angelo Decassari for so you guys know. He's very much like uh, Mike Gallagher in his tone in writing. And I say that because the first story that he wrote was basically just the Freedom Fighters doing an awards ceremony for laughs. Like... It's it's a bunch of nothing. This is definitely one of the stories that was like left on the uh, back burner that Archie just wanted to use and get rid of. So mm-hmm. they had this, they had the free uh free space and they just used it. The second story that Dekasari wrote, again another similar like story that was on the back burner, in which Robotnik and Snively are disguising themselves as rabbits and are stalking Bunny. Very normal thing to do. The, the, they only just want to find Knothole. And they have a tracking device implanted on her. But it it like gets loose. And a gopher like swallows it. So Robotnik is digging in this gopher hole. Trying to find what he thinks is Hole. And uh, that's it. That's, that's the end of Sonic Blast. And that's all the comics I got for you guys. Like again. Round of applause. You guys made it.
2: Ah, I'm stretching. But you can't see this if you're not a uh, patron. So um, that's that noise.
0: So, uh, boys, tell me, what did you think about all this? All did you did you did you guys have fun? I had fun.
2: I had yeah, fun, I but fun. I feel like I um, I feel like I have more knowledge than I should. Like I've obtained
0: forbidden knowledge. But how do you think I fucking feel? I'm the one reading all these <laughs> goddamn comics, all this,
2: dude. are <laughs> like the god, god of made all of this, this? Far, man.
0: Listen, I, I have committed myself to the bit as the Sonic guy, and I'm not quitting. <laughs>
2: I thought I was the Sonic guy before I met you, man. I was like, man, I know so much about Sonic. I am the Sonic guy. But now, no.
0: No, you're, you're the Sonic not guy. You quotes. win. You you're <laughs> a. <laughs> you are a, <laughs> you are a I play the games.
2: I you, play the games. This Sonic games I haven't even finished, which makes me not the Sonic guy definitively. I've never finished Unleashed or like Lost World or 06. So I'm less of the Sonic guy than even I think, honestly. But you're the Sonic guy.
0: And, and let me tell you, if you're trying to get a, a friend of yours into the comics, this is, or into Sonic in general, do not start with this because you'll be put in an institution.
2: Yeah, no. If I was trying to get a friend into Sonic, I'd probably start with like,
0: I don't know, um, like like Mania. a Mania. Ge- Sonic Mania is a, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah,
2: we're that's gonna a say, say Mania. Mania really good. Mania really Generations, Mania. one of the Sonic games that's like definitively, unarguably, a well-designed and good game. As much as I love Adventures 1 and 2, I don't think I'd start someone on Adventures 1 and 2. Do people like
1: Colors? That's one of the only ones I haven't played.
0: I believe people like
2: Colors. I haven't played Colors all that much either. I need to... I have so many Sonic games I've never played. Good Sonic games. I need to, like... Get on that, man. I need to get on that, man. I mean, I replay through Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, like, every fucking, like, four times a year. I need to, like, actually just play other Sonic games.
0: Well, I hope this podcast and learning about these comics will inspire you to do so, my friend. Gotta
2: got dive even deeper into my love for Sonic, for real.
0: That's it? It was a lot of fun. That's it. So, uh, you guys got anything you want to plug before we sign off? Thebroskis.com. Yeah, that's where all you can need. can find all our
1: stuff. Br-
2: Thanks for having us on. It was a lot of fun.
0: That's right. And, uh, as usual... So don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our brand new Patreon, where you can, for as low as $2 a month, get these episodes early. And if you want to splurge for $15, you get to see our beautiful faces and this green screen behind me. Come on, think of the memes you're missing out on.
1: For real, man, you could put him anywhere. That's a lot of power, man. That is a lot of fucking power. Too much power for one man.
0: And on that note, thanks for uh, listening, watching, whatever you're doing to this episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. And we'll see you next time for a very big comic, the big issue 50 dubbed Endgame. And we'll see you then. Thanks for watching, guys.